This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is currently on an intensive pre-season training regime. Yes, we are back. Have you missed us? We've missed you. And I'm absolutely pumped for the new season, which is almost exactly two weeks away. Uh, now, you'll be glad to know that my pre-season drinking, uh, sorry, training has been going very, very well. So I'm raring to go. A lean, mean podcasting machine, in fact. And with new manager Antonio Conte appointed, we are yet again at the dawning of a new era at Chelsea. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, If you didn't know already, I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Fancast number 356, Contenuity. Oh, clever. I like it. Blimey, I'm impressed. I was expecting three great big... uh, voids of tumbleweed from you all there but i got a thumbs up which i'm i'm ecstatic about actually but there you go um as you probably already gleaned uh we are back we've got a new fan cast for the new season and i am delighted to be joined by the uh the irreplaceable nay irrepressible jonathan kidd oh i like the nay bit as well thank you very much thank (laughs) you how lovely to be on this early it's like the phony season isn't it it is the phony war really happened but a lot has happened well, you know what? It's funny, Jonathan, because I thought, oh, my God, I've taken a bit of a punt by coming back early. It's not what I normally do, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, I tell you, last night when I was writing the script, I just there's so much to talk about. There is. It's insane. Is. So much to talk about. Anyway, uh, luckily... The, uh, the Real Madrid game, blimey. There's no, a lot to watch, well, watch well more of that later. More of that Indeed. later. Now, um, as well as the, uh, the wonderful... Uh, loquacious Jonathan Kidd, we've got uh, the wonderful Ross Mooring, who we haven't seen for a while. Evening, Chidge. Ross Mooring, Ross Mooring, celery is nothing to be scared of. <laughs> Thanks, Well, what, Thanks. Well, welcome, Ross. What a welcome. Are you yeah. well, mate? I'm good, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like this is our pre-season. 
It is a bit. Uh, you know, it'll no doubt be a bit undercooked tonight. Uh, still a little bit of timber on some of us, and uh, maybe our tactical formation might not be quite where we needed to be. Yeah, but three one man down at half time. It will be three nil down at half time. Exactly. Now, one man who will. Signings. One man who will certainly bash us all into shape is the fantastic, great mate of mine, uh, one, a wonderful Chelsea author, the bastion of the CFC UK stall, and many, many other things besides, a lover like me of London Lager, Mr Mark Worrell. Good evening, everyone. I have to say I've lost my heart to intergalactic lager this summer, which is out of this world. What, what Brewed is by the Bellhaven Brewery. We need to get them on board. So where where did you find intergalactic lager, mate? In Cheam Sports Club. Oh, that's oh, you know what? You tweeted a photograph of it, didn't you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I tweet yeah. a photograph of it every Friday. Well, that's probably very true. I need to get I need to get my, my laughing gear around some of that. And of course, when one drinks it, we have to have the Beastie Boys intergalactic playing. Otherwise, it just won't be the same, will it? <laughs> Anyway, we shall move on. It's great to have these guys back. I have really, really... Uh, I've had a lovely summer, but I've missed doing this and I've missed catching up with these guys. Now, on the show tonight, uh, we'll be talking Conte and asking what can we expect from him, uh, what system will he play, and will he sort the shirkers out, uh, the shirkers of last season out? I certainly hope so. In part two, we'll have a look at Chelsea's pre-season to date. Is it relevant? Is it just a fitness exercise at best or a blatant marketing exercise at worst? Uh, we'll also be casting our eye over the transfers and the rumours therein, of which, of course, there are plenty. And in part three, we'll look at this thing called the EFL Trophy, which apparently once upon a time was called the jo Johnson Paints Trophy. And we'll also have a look at the change kickoff days, uh, by which I mean matches on Friday nights. And uh, we've also got some wonderful emails that people sent over the summer, which I feel duty-bound to read out. And in part four, we'll have the usual roundup of Chelsea supporter news, including uh, news of a wonderful new fantasy football game, which we're going to be hosting, uh, a new classic football shirts competition, the launch of a Peter Osgood memorial, and lo and behold, even a book by uh, podcast fancast regular Mr. Clayton Beerman. Mark knows all about that because he published it. Now, uh, don't forget, you can uh, listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, uh, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many people are already doing, and I will try and get back to them, uh, those that have posted in a minute. Uh, of course, you can also tweet us at Chelsea fancast during the show, and of course, I'll roundly ignore you as always. No, uh, new season resolution, I'm going to try and, uh, and, and reply to some tweets during the show. Um, now, uh, final bit of news. Um, this season, we're now on a very, very new podcast platform called Acast. Some of you may know what that's about. Uh, but the thing is, make sure you download the Acast app to listen to the podcast or just search for it at www.acast.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Um, now, as always, the podcast will be available to download a couple of hours after the live show. Uh, and the other thing is, it's it's it, you know, Acast basically is the umbrella for all of them. So you know, if you're listening to iTunes, you'll still get iTunes. If you're listening to SoundCloud, you'll still get SoundCloud. But I'm uploading it to Acast, and then it gets RSS. Apparently, stuff that I don't really understand, but it arrives to you, which is what is uh, the most important thing. So after this very short little break, we're going to be talking about Conte.
So, uh, the Italian has arrived, um, and uh, already I think it's easy easy to say it looks quite interesting. But I mean, I'm going to ask I'm going to ask Marco first. What what do you what do you think of Conte and the appointment? Uh, I think he's going to be very quotable. Why so? He's full of full of sound bites, isn't he? I just love some of the stuff he comes out with. Um, I mean, I you know. I think what's interesting about Conte in respect of people's opinions of him um, when it, when the appointment was made and towards the end of the season was pretty much based on, you know, what they sort of read up on and what people like Perlo had said. And then obviously we all watched the Euros during the summer and um, pretty much everyone suddenly thought, wow, we've got ourselves a real manager here. Um, so, you know, I, I just love his lines. You know, our countermeasures always remain the same. Organisation, intensity, desire and sacrifice. If we can have those four things, we'll win the league, I say to myself. Yeah. I tell you what I do like, actually, and I think it's quite interesting you pick up on that. He's got quite, there's quite a military style to his leadership, isn't there? Uh, kind of yeah. seeping through, you know, countermeasures. I like that. I'm kind of expecting kind of smart bombs to be raining upon the opposition <laughs> this season. That'd be quite a giggle. Um, I mean, I was delighted when he when he was arrived because I think you know, if you look back at his record at Juventus and and indeed Italy, you know, he's a proven winner. He doesn't muck about. But I, I, I'm sure we all saw the Euro 16, and I thought that. I think what pleased me most was that this is a guy who really tactically knows his onions, and and, and I think that's going to be really important, isn't it, Jonathan? Well, yes, I, I, I thought he was a revelation at the Euros, uh, and, and I loved his I love his personality. I love his uh, um, some of the close-ups of him speaking in Italian. He was actually saying things like "I will kill you" to some of the players, which <laughs> I thought was fantastic. Um, I hope he means it. <laughs> Go with a gun. <laughs> Shoot to shoot Oscar for not tackling, um, <laughs> or tackling too hard. I never know which he does anymore, Oscar. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's my my horror for him is that he he must be finding it unbe- unbelievably hard to work out who is actually going to be in the team at the moment, which is something that we will end up talking about later on, having viewed the uh, um, having viewed all the the preseason games. But um, yeah, he's he. He's clearly a, uh, he's got some very good ideas, and he's he's a disciplinarian, and uh, and he will he will make sure the team plays the way he wants them to play. My my worry is that he, what we hope he will do is make um, not the not the best players play well, and uh, and the players who played lousily last year play better. But uh, um, my worry is that it's an unbelievably uphill struggle. And I think he's aware of this. Um, mm. uh, and I know that he's got some of the players haven't been playing in preseason. They're coming back. And so the first 11 will look very different from some of the sides that we've seen in the preseason. But he's, he's struggling at the moment to, for me to come up with a, with a, a team that, that, that works in any way. Um, well, we'll, we'll, so, we'll talk uh, a little bit more yeah, about no, the I games. I keep, yeah. I keep wanting to talk about that. But I yeah, know, he's, he's, he's clearly, ins- clearly inspirational. But um, whether at the moment he's in in debate with uh, um, the board and Emanalo and whoever about getting new players in. And then he's got that 
dilemma about what do they do do they put in a huge bid for somebody or now because all the all the transfer money's gone gone right out of the window isn't it it's become so enormous for even average players um but it the whole thing of of the it makes me realize more and more how we have completely cocked up in the last three years over in what our respect transfer. in what respect mate over the our transfers transfer yeah. policy can, can we can we can we can, appalling. can we park that thought to part two? Yeah, but I, well. I, I I'm think sorry, I, I keep yeah. I keep it. It's all part and parcel to me because it's the, it's the a, problem it's a that point, he is mate. faced with. He's yeah. he's clearly a tip-top manager who's played at the highest level and managed, you know, and and changed teams so that they've won. Um, they've they've won championships, and he's he's fantastic. But he's got a real real struggle on his hands for me. I think I think one thing is absolutely immutable guys and and that that is at the moment we don't really know anything. I mean all, all we know is that he had a uh, you know a, go, a good track record at Juve and uh, Italy and um, there are elements of his character and his management style that I think appeal to us particularly in the light of uh how how abysmal and how how many of the players down tools last season. Ross, I mean that you you know you you love a you love a system or three don't you I mean as we all mm. know there's, there's only one system I approve of which is four four fucking two in true Mike Bassett <laughs> style but I mean it I think a lot of the talk that that's been around I don't know if we've seen much evidence of it in the games more of which later is is what kind of system he'll play and in fact whether we actually have the players available to play the systems he likes what, what do you think about that. Well, well, I think he comes with an inherent sort of flexibility towards his tactics. He's played, he's played over the over the last couple of years, of sort of varying degrees: three at the back, four four two, um, two strikers, one striker, um, and the and the squad as it is at the moment. I mean, I think we've got well over thirty players currently um, registered to to play, and I think it's it's just this preseason and and the training definitely behind closed doors. He's he's going to iron out. Um, ideally, what he he wants to do with the side, but I think for him more at the moment, it's about the the tempo and the style of play and things like that. And he's he's going to want his players to be able to play in multiple positions in different formations. Um, but as as Jonathan alluded to, there's there's so many moving pieces, and uh, you know the, the the strength of the squad isn't all that. So it, it's it, he's going to have to get there quickly in terms of working out who he wants to play and what and what positions. Well, indeed, and I, I think what I would really like most is is that he, you know, uh, he he sorts the shirkers out, uh, Marco, and I, I think that's a view that you and I would absolutely share, um, because I, it, I still. It, who I st- are the shirkers? Tell me who the shirkers are. Well, I mean, you know, I think no, Oscar would be the chief. The, sh- the shirker in chief would probably be Oscar, <laughs> but ha- Hazard, Hazard, I think, you know. For most of last season, ran it close. Although, of course, one could argue that, that that he was injured and kicked out of it as well, you know. But there's there's an attitude problem, I think, that was pervasive last season. Whether one calls it shirking or not is is, is almost immaterial. But there was clearly something rotten in the state of Denmark, wasn't there, Marco? And I hope he sorts it out. Do you think he will? Absolutely. I, I think. Well, he, he he kind of made reference to he's made reference to work rate pretty much after every uh, friendly so far. And again, he sort of referenced it after the game with Madrid at the weekend. Um, yes, he hates it, doesn't he, Marco? He hates that tippy-tappy slow bit that we got up Yeah, to yeah, yeah. You know, hooray, uh, hooray, hooray, hooray! A man hooray. after my own heart. Yeah. 
know, that 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 game on, you know, there was there was there were quite a, there was quite a lot of anonymity in that game on um, Saturday. And, I mean, he he didn't sort of Mourinho Mourinho was kind of the guy who would actually name players, wouldn't he? Um, yeah. For for you know, not 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 pulling their weight in in the Mourinho way. Um, he, had, he had a very specific way, didn't he, of doing that? You know, with the likes of Mata. Um, I think Conte, Conte's style is slightly different. I, I think what's going to be interesting is, you know, we've got a couple of games left now, haven't we? It's two weeks today. Milan to, and Bremen, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, two weeks today to the West Ham game, and um, nobody's really. Hundred percent sure. You could probably name four, five sort of shoe-ins for that starting eleven against um, West Ham. I'm not sure you could at all, Marco. I'm not no, sure that. No, I mean, I, I I'm think, not sure that anybody anybody is selectable at the moment. Well, uh, I think Courtois, Courtois, Hazard, William, um, Kante, Kante is going to play up. Pretty certain John Terry's going to play and Aspilicueta. Um, the rest of it's, you know, a bit of a moving feast, isn't it? But that's, um, that course, is, you know, I mean, we, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about this more in part two, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is entirely the problem with a, a highly publicised and high profile and, and visible pre season. Is you know that's part of the problem for me. In the old days, you wouldn't even know. We'd just like turn up on the first game and go, "Oh, I see." You know, so it's all a bit different. Um, here's a question for you, Ross. I mean, do you think he? Do you think? Um, I mean, because actually, this ties in with a very good article that that Marco, another very good article that Marco wrote for ESPN this week, which is about um, you know how long uh, Conte might last for. And I, I've actually alluded to the same point in my quick plug latest CFC UK article available at uh, one good uh, fanzine seller on on uh, August the 15th but that's really about the youth and, and will he develop the youth because I mean he had a he had a a fairly good track record at Juventus for doing that Pogba being a good example and of course we all know that Roman uh, seems to a want to have some of this talented youth breakthrough but still can't seem to square that with his desire to win five trophies every year. So, what do you what do you think, Ross? Uh, well, well, for starters, um, Ola Aina, the the young sort of right back centre back, has already created a bit of buzz. Um, I, I think you're right. He has shown a, a tendency to play the youth um, um, at Juventus, it, at least more so than than major clubs at top top you know in um, top leagues uh, have previously. Um, and I think, unlike Jose, he's he probably understands a little bit that if a player has the potential to be a, a, a first-team quality player, and his youth players probably aren't going to be there just yet, but they only get there by by playing um, alongside world-class players. So I, I think there will certainly be a few squad places available for youngsters, and he he won't be afraid he won't be afraid to to chuck them in. I think it's also how how easily they. Uh they work out what he wants them to do and how they fit into the plans you know if they're if they're very up for it and intelligent and do what he says i think he and play well mm. um accordingly i think he's uh he'll he'll give them a go it just, and they've it, been schooled that way 
yeah yeah they just need to pick it up you need to pick it up we, we don't live in a world anymore it's this thing about people being given multiple chances this is why i i fear for loftus cheek despite his clear excellence playing with his peers when he plays um, uh, at, a, at the higher level his his anonymity i'm beginning to suspect were, might be uh, might might stand against him i'm afraid it, it's a very very difficult argument um ray wilkins uh who by the way um you know, I, I, I'm sure on behalf of us all would, would wish him all the best at the moment as he's struggling uh, with alcoholism and a very fine bloke Ray is. But before all that kind of blew up, he was on Talk Sport uh, talking about uh, the issue that, that the modern game has with the youth, which is that they're basically full of entitlement and expect to just walk in and, and be these multi-million pound players you know driving flashy cars wearing lots of bling and and he was very much of the opinion that uh it would be no bad thing if if we went back to the idea that they had to clean the senior professionals boots and they kind of learned to to deal with a bit of hard graft marco i don't know if you heard that interview but it was a cracker sorry say that last bit again mate well i mean basically ray was moaning about the problem with the you know youth players generally these yeah, days yeah, yeah. It's all about entitlement. He thinks they would probably benefit from a bit of hard graft, you know, cleaning the players' boots, etc., etc. And you know, we're really made to work for it rather than just expect to waltz in because they're superstars already. I mean, I, I just think I think the, the fundamental problem at Chelsea is that we yet again, you know, we've, we've been lured into this. You know, Conte made a couple. Of, made a comment, I think, after the second friendly. Um, about uh, it was almost like oh I didn't realise we had players of this calibre in the academy, um, which kind of like put the skids under my thoughts that Roman had said you've got to play the kids. Um, I think mean, he, he was almost made a statement of surprise about um, you know the calibre of um, Aina, for example. Um, which is a big positive, isn't it? Yeah, but you know. What what do I think is going to happen? I think we're gonna we're gonna buy Lukaku for silly money, um, so that's the end of Traore's opportunities. Yeah. Um, we're gonna buy another defender or two. Um, you know, make make of that what you will. And you know, once again, I just think. We're going to end up with a, te- a, a team of hired hands playing football for Chelsea. That 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 is what I think will happen. You know, might you know we we don't the other the other thing. I mean, it's a double-edged sword. Not not having European football this season um, means that you know those additional games where the, you know the group stage games where historically. You know, we blooded a few of the kids. You know, like Loftus Cheek got a few games last season during during those games, um, as did Traore. This season, you know, it's pretty much shit or bust on the Premier League. Um, you know, the FA Cup doesn't start till after Christmas. Maybe two or three games in the League Cup. Um, that's a lot, and I don't. I really don't think Conte is going to be chopping and changing. He's starting no. it. But this, this is this is the perennial problem, Marco. Well, and, 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 and until until you know, base. And I, again, I said this in the CFC article. You know, if 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 we want to develop and bring the youth into the team, 
then something has to give. Because, you know, I, I don't believe that Roman is going to sacrifice bringing the youth in for, for not winning trophies. And I don't think any manager is either, because they want to stay in a job. Talking of which, um, final question before we wrap up this part. What are our expectations this season for Conte and, and of course, Chelsea? I'm going to start with you, Ross. Um, well, th first off, I, I think um, uh, really we, we probably should be in... Um, there or thereabouts in the title race definitely not having to stress Champions League football but there are a lot of good teams um, in the Premier League this season or sort of very even level right at the top um, a cup run certainly um, but I think a lot's going to depend on how the first month goes if we hit the ground running then expectations are going to skyrocket if if we have a slightly slow start then I think they'll be a bit more reasonable mm. so okay put a league position on it or a trophy count Ross um, third and uh, a cup semi-final. Okay, good stuff, Jonathan. Um, it depends on um, who fits into to his plans and whether he can get them gelling. Um, and I think they do need to go the uh, the hard hand route, but I think he's capable of making the hard hand route work. So I reckon that if he does get three top players uh, like Ross I think will finish third but I fear that if he is stuck with the same players that we've got that we had last year we're going to finish 10th again Wow Wow that's that's stark actually but possibly brutally honest Marco what about you mate well I, I took I took um, I took a gambler's view on this because I had a look at what the odds Cause you're were. Because you're a gambler, Marco. Because I am a gambler. And I thought, <laughs> right, let me see. Let me see what, what, what the bookies make of this. And what I ended up doing, um, which is, I, I don't know if the odds have shifted, but it, it seemed like a reasonable bet. Um, I, I backed Chelsea to finish in the top four um, with a loaded bet, which covered um, the, odd, the odds on winning the league with something like, Eight to one, the FA Cup, eight to one, and the League Cup, seven to one. So I backed each of those potential outcomes and covered them with a top four finish. So I think we might, we might get a run in the cups. Um, we should finish top four, uh, and you know who knows, we could win the league. <laughs> But I covered the bases with that one. I mean, I think, I think we'll, there's always, you know, with Chelsea, there's always a chance of a, a cup run, irrespective of what what the league forms like. And I, and I don't think anything's changed there. So um, that that's a good opportunity. Uh, you know, I, I, like everyone, you sort of you have, you always have that hope. Yeah, we could challenge for the league, but. I think we'd have to go some if we could get a really good start under our belts, um, then possibly. But you know, the expectation level now at maybe ten ten Premier League clubs is is giddy, and you know, you look you look at the big players now. Sorry, the big managers there. Um, only one only one manager can win the league. Mm. Which, mean, which means that you know one one of or, or only one of Guardiola, Mourinho, Conte, Klopp, 
Pochettino, you know, Ranieri, Kuman, um, Bilic, all these guys, you know, there's some pretty hefty expectations. Um, there's going to be a lot of disappointment this season. I tell you what, mate. That I think that's absolutely spot on, and I think people. I think there actually, you know, not not saying that Ross hasn't made a good point, but I think you and Jonathan both made excellent points in your own way. Uh, number one, uh, this is going to be outrageously competitive this year. If a team like Leicester can win it last year, and now you've got Guardiola at City, you've got Mourinho at Man United. You know, Billet shouldn't be underestimated. Much as I hate to say it, both Liverpool and Spurs can't be discounted either I think Koeman's a decent manager and Everton have got money and you know they've got good players too it's just they've had a lousy manager in in, in Martinez it's going to be really really hard and you're trying to squeeze a quart into the pint pot of the top four it ain't going to be easy and also factor in what Jonathan was saying you know when when Mourinho took over uh, he had to take over a team that had finished sixth hadn't they or had the, no, no. Hang on a minute, because Benitez has got him into. You know, I can't remember now. Oh. But I mean, yeah. But it, you know, it, it, it's a leap. It's a huge leap. And remember, we finished tenth last year, and the table does not lie. So either, you know, the players stunk the place out deliberately, and actually they're not as bad as they made it look, or they are as bad as they made it look, and Mourinho just wielded some magic the year before. And I think the reality is is that we just don't know. Uh, I hope and think that we we might we might get into the top four. I really think that we will, but there's no guarantee of it. And of course, Marco, as you will appreciate more than anybody here, that is the beauty of the beginning of the season. It's all about glorious unpredictability. <laughs> and on that on that bon mot, uh, we're going to go to a break. Uh, after which, we're going to have a look at Chelsea's pre-season to date. Is it relevant? Is it just a fitness exercise at best? Or a blatant marketing exercise at worst. Uh, talking of Jonathan uh, before the break, he was uh, going on about the uh, the madness on social media at the moment, and I think that that particular point uh, was doing the rounds a few weeks ago. Now we'll also be casting our eye over the transfers and the rumours therein. We'll see you in a second. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And I've got with me tonight the uh, ubiquitous Jonathan Kidd, the what? erudite uh, Mark Worrell, and the wonderfully lovely Ross Mooring, who I hope I'm going to see more of at uh, at the games this season. Ross, is that going to be true? Yeah, yeah, it should be. It should be about my my. Um, Have you passed them? Almost back to 100. percent Yeah. Yeah, the back was an issue, wasn't it, last season? You got a season ticket again this season. Um, no, I no, I don't. But I'm I'm always about, and there are always spares about, so that's good. Yeah, all right. There's spares for those that are loved, as we all know. Now, uh, this part, I really want to talk a little bit about um, the pre-season so far. Although I I have to, uh, I, I'm about to get drummed out of the uh, the Chelsea fan cast here because, of course, I have not actually seen what? one of the matches. What? 
Yeah, well, I was too busy getting pissed and having a good time. You know, like Sat- Mark knows this. On Saturday night, I was out with my best mate drinking London Lager. Yeah. Can't, can't you record them and just watch them? No, with, because know, I can only watch them. I can only watch them on on Chelsea TV's web thing because oh, okay. I've signed up to that. And and then pop, you know, then I get busy and then I so I haven't seen them. Um, but should we just have a quick recap over what's actually happened? This is my this is Chigi's summary to the preseason so far. Uh, Rapid Vienna two Chelsea nil. I know nothing about that game. Uh, RZ pellets that sounds like some sort of rat poison manufacturer. <laughs> Could you read it as if as if you're a traditional um, results reader? James Honey Alexander Gordon. James Alexander Gordon. Thank you. RZ pellets nil. Pellets, nil. Chelsea, Chelsea three. three. Uh, and you. of course, the the only notable thing about that uh, was that a we played a rat poison manufacturer and b. <laughs> Uh, Traore, Robert, uh, Robert uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek, and Jaloba, Jaloba, Loba. Uh, he's, they all scored, which is quite nice. And I, I had, I heard rumblings. I heard rumblings that youth had played quite well, largely because the only people that were playing were, in fact, the youth. Uh, and then there was the Chelsea one, Liverpool nil, match at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Uh, which I, I had loads of uh, American mates at, and they were absolutely loving it. Um, and, and apparently Gary Cahill scored a goal and Fabregas tried to break some scouser's leg and, 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 and oh did we laugh but of course Fabregas got sent off which I think is very unfair considering that Conte had sent them out expressly to break Liverpool players' legs sorry, to play with aggression nothing wrong with that uh, I think Fabregas went up in a lot of people's estimations therein and then there was the match um, on Saturday which I elected to go down the pub and drink London Lager instead of watching London uh, Lager London Lager uh, which was Real Madrid 3 Chelsea 2 uh, now notable things here were that uh, no decent players from Real Madrid were playing I Bale and uh, and uh, what's his name Ronaldo um, but it's the biggest crowd ever for a match involving Chelsea. Although I wondered about that, I thought the Moscow Dynamo match in '45 was uh, well over a hundred thousand. But they don't have an official figure for it. Yeah, so well, the official one's seventy-five. The official yeah. one's seventy-five thousand. Yeah. But but there were a hundred and ten thousand. My dad was yeah. there. He said there were hundred and ten thousand there. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so it's the biggest official crowd for a Chelsea match, and Eden Hazard scored two, which is all good. Um, and as the boys were saying in part one, we've got. Um, AC Milan, or, or who are commonly known as Milan, uh, playing on the 4th, which is what, Thursday night? Mm. Thursday night, isn't it? And then they've got Werder Bremen on uh, Saturday, or was it Sunday? Sunday, isn't it? Sunday. And that's, that's the last of the pre-season. So, okay, um, that's all I can, as far as, far as Gum would, would say, that's all I've got to say about that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, hands up in the Skype room, who saw any or all of those games? Of course, if you put your hands up, I can't see you. So that was a stupid thing to say. I I put my hand up then. Um, Okay. I've seen all of them. And? Uh, We're terrible. (laughs) Jonathan's so positive. That's what I love about you. We are terrible. We are absolutely... The Real Madrid game was embarrassing. Why? Why? They just played... Well, we're not good enough. The second half, Hazard scored two goals. We were playing the youth team. The youth team played us off the park. We were playing Real Madrid's youth team. In the second half, he replaced the whole of the eleven with eleven more who were the but youth you see, team. Jonathan, I, I think you're, I think you're, mate, I love you to pieces, but I think you're confusing it with a match that matters. Well, I still would like the players to look, you know, surely they've got some pride. 
to what actually they done look to upset if they're you? as they've good clearly, as the opposition. They've, they've clearly gone out looking. deliberately. They've clearly gone out deliberately to upset you. So what what, what did they do? Well, they just. I, I watch these players and just think they haven't got the skill level of Real Madrid. How on earth are we going to compete at the highest level when Real Madrid come with not the not the first team and run rings round us? I just look at it in disbelief. But when when Kenyon came in, which everybody hated, he said he wanted every player in the team to be world class, and he succeeded in two thousand and eight. They were every player in our team now is. 10th class in the Premier League. There is nobody playing up to the standard that we have to have as a Chelsea team. And I am absolutely aghast at what on earth Conte is going to do with well, them. Well, mate, I'm, I'm going to... Do you know what? I, I mean, there's a very good reason why I haven't watched any of the pre-season games, other than the fact that clearly I prefer getting drunk. And B, because I think it doesn't make any difference. What the, the, no, the season starts? Before. The season. Hang on, hang on, hang on. The season starts on August the fifteenth, and that's when I will reserve judgment until. Uh, that's why I will reserve judgment until. The, having said that, Jonathan, what um, happened last the, year, Chidge? What happened last year? We in, played in this, dreadfully, uh, and yeah, we were, yeah, and we I accept dreadful. that. I accept that, but I would also say that there was other shit going on because Mourinho lost the plot well before the Swansea game, as we know or uh, I know no. from anecdotal evidence from people who were around the club at the time. But here's the thing, Jonathan. Jonathan, shut up. I'm about to be nice about you because I'm about to read you some of the comments that have been coming in uh, from Mixler just to prove that we do live in a democracy as the referendum proved only too well. Uh, But they've been saying, I think CFC Science said, here we go, kid off the long run, which of course (laughs) you, you, you and I will appreciate with the cricket that we've been watching. But yes. uh, Kurt Chelsea says Marcello scoring twice says it all, doesn't it? Uh, Alison, it's going to be a long season. I think she's talking about having to listen to you, not the football there. Um, yeah, but actually, you know what? There's a lot of people who are agreeing with you, mate. Uh, and, and uh, you know, what do I know? Right, I'm going to move this on to Marco because he may be... Have you seen any of the games, Marco? Uh, I saw the Liverpool and the Madrid games and half of the um, Pellets game. Right, and, and would you share Jonathan's aghastness? Um, to be honest with you, not not entirely. Um, I think, you know, that pre-season for me, I, I know you've got it in the... Um, Let's move it on to that, mate. No, no, no well, that pre, pre, pre-season for me, for the last, I don't know, it's got to be 10 years now, hasn't it, I think? Yeah. Has has become more and more, um, you know, a, a brand building exercise. Um, you know, where, where Chelsea rack up 10, 15, 20,000 miles, um, trot around, play big games, or in theory, big games against big teams in front of big crowds. Um, and, you know, and the, the results uh, uh, hit and miss. Um, what from what I see this time compared to last year, you know, the players are fit. They weren't last year. Interesting point. They're fitter, but can also say they've got to impress Conti. They should be impressing him because they want to be in the first team. They shouldn't be playing as badly as they played last year. Matic is wandering around in exactly the same state as he was last season Matic isn't going to be 
he won't be a part of the plans, will he? You know, I mean, that, that's, you know, that's the other thing. You know, I, I was watching the usual Twitter meltdowns when we lost the that first friendly 2-0. Um, that was a terrible side. That was terrible. Yet no, nobody believe, blamed for him at all. Maybe only two, two, two players who played in that game would be yes. Chelsea's starting eleven. And, and again, I agree. you know, my, my point about that, the, the Madrid game would be, you know, how, how many of those players that started that game against Madrid that started the game will start against West Ham? Um, and, you know, that for me says all, tells you all you need to know about pre-season friendlies because he's, he's just, he, you know, he's looking at plays, he's checking on their fitness. There's no way in the world that Chelsea are going to start with Loftus cheek and draw out front against West Ham. It's just not going to happen. Um, we hope. You know, we hope. Well, no, but it's not. So yeah, but I think you're panicking, Jonathan. I really do. I mean, sorry to you know, cut what, across you, Marco, but you know, I, I, I have to be honest here. As I said, there's a reason why I can't give a rat's tit about the, the pre-season friendlies. Is because that's what they are. They're they're really, as far as I'm aware and have always been this case and you know I've talked to a number of pros about this who've said exactly the same thing they're there to get you fit but of course with us this season they're also there to get the players acquainted with Conte and his philosophy and his methods that's why yeah but Jonathan you know why do you okay you are an actor apparently somebody 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 (laughs) told me that you are an actor okay what do actors do before they perform on the opening night uh, shit themselves. Well, apart from that, <laughs> and, and well, they probably do. But they all rehearse, don't they? They rehearse. Well, they rehearse in an environment where none of the audience see how fucking awful they are. And then on the opening night, well, given, a, given a good win, Millions given a good people, win, they're fantastic. Saw. 105,000 well, saw everybody being shit. And there and we the, go. And, and a television and that, audience. And they're all trying to appeal to Conti. Therein lies it. my next point, Jonathan. It's a load of bollocks. It's a marketing exercise. Ross and I have talked about this ad infinitum over the years. I, Hang on, Jonathan. Just hear me out. Uh, it's a marketing exercise to shift shirts, to make money, to spread the global brand of Chelsea. Isn't that right, Ross? Yeah, it definitely is. And I think quickly, just on the on the topic of results and performances, there's it's you know, over the years it's. There's very little correlation between how a team plays in pre-season and apart from last and, year. And apart from some, last some, year. Well, I said overall. Otherwise, you'd be having a sample size of one there. But um, Ooh, good, case, good repost, Ross. Case, case in point would be two, 2012 when um, you know we finished sixth. We had a you know obviously we won the Champions League, but the the league season was pretty poor, and we won seven out of seven pre-season friendlies. And uh, I don't think anyone was expecting Di Matteo to be sacked. Three months later, off and the back, Ross, of, all, Ross, off we, the back we, of all of those. It, it, when Ancelotti won the double, they had a shocking pre-season, as I recall. Yeah, I think you, I think you might have been right on that one as well. I, I, it, it is just trying to get fit and trying to sell as many shirts as possible. Obviously, obviously you want the team to, to get a couple of results and play well, but it, it's just not the end of the world. It, as, as you said earlier, it all, it all counts once that once the uh, the whistle blows to start the season. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you what, what really irks me as well, and I think Jonathan's got a point here. And, 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 and you know, we might be taking the mick a bit, but what what I would never n- not do 
was was not appreciate Jonathan's passion about it. And and in, you you know what, Jonathan, uh, I bet you've never been compared favorably with Cheltel before. But actually, that, that that's a very Cheltel thing. You know, basically the world ends if Chelsea leaves a match and he doesn't care if it's against, you know, Battersea under fives. I mean, you know, he, he it would it's the end of the world. And I, and I love that passion. And that's what it's all about. But actually, uh, what irks me a lot in, in many respects, um, I mean, I, I went over to uh, L.A. in 2009 and went off with Roban and a lot of other uh, guys out in L.A. that I know and, and, and watched Chelsea play in Inter Milan uh, in the Rose Bowl. And, and, and it was it was just great fun. It was brilliant. But I've got to be honest, the football was bollocks and I didn't take a blind bit of notice. I was there for the beer and the day out and it was great. But I feel sorry for the Yanks in a way because... You know they're shelling out a decent load of money. They're getting unbelievably excited about it all, and and frankly, they're getting shortchanged, aren't they? Do you, do you not think? I think they know that, don't they? Well, well I, I think. I, I, yeah. My, I, sorry, my my view my view on you know that whole experience is. I mean, I don't think all those people who paid all that money, and there's a fair few fair few people travelled over from the UK. I think they're they're just doing it, you know, for the crack, for want of a better word. You know, the the expectation of seeing, you know, Chelsea's first eleven putting the team to the sword, or you know, giving a good account of themselves, probably for ninety percent of those people, isn't really what why they're, you know, showing up to go to that game. Um, I've I've had a lot. I've had a lot of the Yanks over there tell me that, you know, and you're right, actually, Marco, I think, you know, they're not stupid. I mean, they, they, know, they know what they're seeing in front of them. But the, what, what they say to me is, you have to remember, Chidge, so I, maybe I should do that in America, you have to remember, Chidge, uh, that, you know, this is the only time we get a chance to see our club play in our country. So we're going to go there, like, we'd cut our arm off to be there. We're going to be there. But secondly, Chidge... We've got a very big country, and it's it, you know if you want to go and see your Chelsea mates, you just go to go down the Fulham Road and go to a pub and have a few beers with them if you want to. We, we don't get together that often in the states, and it's a really good opportunity for us all to get together and have an absolutely mad day out. So I get it, you know, I really do. Well, that's why I think the football's secondary, to be honest with you. Yeah, but one could argue it's the same over here sometimes, Marco. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, well, to be honest with you. You know, you look at last season, and, and I think it was the, the same applied, wasn't it? Yeah. I think by, by the time we got to Christmas, people were just turning up and looking forward to seeing their mates. And God, God help, what, what else was going to happen on the pitch? So, actually, I've got a funny story about that, which which relates to, in fact, Jonathan bore witness to this, as did Dan Silver, uh, who, by the way, um, was out at uh, in Michigan. Uh, for the for the Real Madrid match, and I think he spent the entire time getting absolutely mashed to hell with the Chelsea Chicago lot. There's a hilarious photograph of him with a with an order of drinks with a tray with about it had must have had about ten pints and ten shots on this tray, guys. It was the other the other thing I should say is that on Acast, you, I have the ability in the Acast podcast to put in a bit of rich media, i.e., I can put the photograph of Dan with his tray of shots for you all to see, but. Um, yes, the story I was going to say, which both Dan and Jonathan bore witness to, I was at Lords uh, on the Saturday for the Pakistan match, and I saw about an hour and a half's worth of cricket. Dan and I, that much, yeah, well, probably not even that much. Dan and I basically just were out the back 
just drinking all day and I got home about seven and I was absolutely mashed and I and I, I, I you know my, I fell asleep on the sofa of course my wife woke me up about ten and I, I couldn't understand it I said Sarah I don't understand what's going on I, I drink more at the football and I'm not this bad and she said ah oh, the thing is David is you get 90 minutes break for the drinking at the football <laughs> And I thought, yes, you you nailed that. Of course, you know because basically, <laughs> that's the football. It's it's a day of drinking interrupted by ninety minutes of football. Anyway, we should move on. Um, other than the fact that Jonathan, things can only get better, surely. Um, talking of which, we should talk about transfers. Really, um, Kante is in, and Bat Batshuayi. How do we say what? How do we pronounce his name? Batshuayi. Batshuayi. Okay. Batshuayi. If, if anybody... If anybody yeah. starts a Kajigugu song about him, I think they should have their season ticket withdrawn. Walter, I hope you're listening. I'm I think just you. Mishy. Yeah. Bat, Mishy. call him Bat. Bat, he's Bat. Apparently the Chelsea magazine called him Batman. Yeah, I'm quite, quite in favour of resurrecting the old Batman. Yeah, I like that. Great. Okay, right. Well, we've got Kante and Bat... We've got Kante and Batshuayi... Uh, who both look very good signings to me. I mean, Kante's an absolute steal, Ross, at, uh, what, 32 million? Yeah, the the way uh, transfer prices have, have gone this, this year with the with the TV deal going up, it's, it's, a, it's a cracking buy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he was a very good player last year for, for Leicester, I think arguably one of the players mm. of the year, and certainly the closest I've seen to uh, Makaleli. But also, I think what I love most about him is he's what we need in midfield. Somebody who can tenaciously win the ball back and pass it to somebody who can do something with it. And I, I mean, I think I, he's he's Ramirez with a slightly better ability to tackle and um, slightly better slightly better tickle, uh, technical ability as well. Yeah. Well, I, I would certainly hope so. But I think that's something that we really. I, I can't remember. Where, I know where I read it. Um, Jonathan uh, tipped me the wink on this, but Joe Tweeds wrote a great blog uh, today, didn't he, Jonathan? And yeah, he, he said that our midfield, our midfield at times resembled uh, being about as useful as a chocolate teapot last season, <laughs> uh, which is one of my sayings. I think Joe's nicked that from me, he but did nevertheless, nick it from you. he did. Yeah. Joe, you nicked it from you. But he you, did, didn't then, he? You've nicked a few things from him in your time. Well, I, I you know, it's what goes around comes around, mate. But uh, I think he's he's absolutely spot on, and I think Kante will give the midfield some bite and actually enable us to win the ball back. But um, this Bat, Bat Shuai guy, I mean, I only really saw him at the at the Euro 2016, but he, he looks a decent player, doesn't he, Marco? Well, <laughs> hey, you, Misty Blue! Yeah, Misty's uh, getting ready for bed, I think. She might she pop, her, pop her head in to uh, say hello in a minute. All right. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I sort of, that kind of like came from nowhere, that transfer, didn't it? Um, yeah. Took people by surprise. 33 million, a lot of money to spend. Um, and the first, you know, opportunity anybody got to see him was he came off the bench and uh, uh, during the Euros and scored, having been teed up by Hazard. So that was kind of like, oh yeah, I could see that happening at Chelsea. Oh, he looks lively enough. Is he, you know, uh, is he going to get a game? Are we going to pay thirty-three million for a striker and not play him? I think he's going to play, isn't he? Um, who, who's he going to play up front with? Um, well, I think Costa's on his way, isn't he? Despite the contradictory claims of um, Conte, um, he was seen, wasn't he, Costa? He was seen. Uh, he was lip red, saying that um, he couldn't go to Atletico because they bought this other bloke, 
But um, well, I mean, it's July the nineteenth. July the nineteenth. Diego Costa is our player. He's a fantastic player with a fundamental importance. He's very epi and he's working hard. July the thirtieth. I speak only for today, and today Costa is Chelsea's <laughs> player. Tomorrow, if you ask me if Cotentay will remain with us, I don't know. <laughs> now it's August the first, so I wonder what Conte's thinking now. But I mean, that's classic football, isn't it? You know, I mean, you know, there was a few Twitter spats a couple of weeks ago when um, there was a report bubbled up out of one of the Spanish papers saying Costa was going to Madrid, and then it was immediately refuted by Chelsea. Um, and and now, you know, it's all about. Sixty-eight million for Lukaku. You know that, that's a, that's a good bit of transfer business. What, you, you mean you mean the Lukaku was taken off in that match where Eden Hazard teed up Batshuayi, who came on for Lukaku. Yeah. That, that's so it. Lukaku it, who missed. He missed more. You know, he couldn't hit a cow's ass with the banjo in that match. I know. It's, I it's, know. it's insane. I mean, you know, if if Chelsea do sign Lukaku, and I, you know, I buy I buy all that stuff about, you know, he he wants to play for Chelsea and he has unfinished. Business and I'm all for a player who wants to play for Chelsea because yeah. I've never really got the feeling beyond yeah. you know the first six Money. games where wanting to go into battle um, and everyone to go with him. I never really felt that Costa, particularly last season, you know he, he's just got that swarthy mercenary look about him. Yeah. Uh, whereas good, good riddance, I say, good riddance. Yeah, I mean you know, fed up with him. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, Misty Blue. Are Chelsea going to win the league this season, Misty? Yes! <laughs> okay, you go, so, Ross, um, I mean, I, I've got very strong feelings, which I think probably shared by most of us, really. But, um, you know, on, on Costa staying or going, I mean, frankly, I don't want a player at the club who doesn't want to play for Chelsea, Ross. I mean, I would imagine you would echo that sentiment. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I'm not sure quite what his reasons for leaving are. I think it kind of feels a bit like the Crespo scenario where he, he scored goals, but I think he longed to be somewhere a bit that felt a bit more culturally closer to home. I'm not sure about Lukaku as much as, you know, he. I still remember that video of him um, uh, well before he signed for Chelsea when he came up for uh, a stadium tour or something and he, he was just utterly ecstatic about being being at Stamford Bridge but I think I think we know what he is and he's not um, unlike Costa he's not um, a world-class match winner in the big games although he will he will score goals and you know he, he's just well, not that step above especially at the price that's being talked I do, about I, do, I couldn't I agree think, more with that couldn't agree well, more. Go on, Marco no well I mean I was always a staunch defender of Lukaku I was Really annoyed when Mourinho shipped him out to Everton. Um, yeah, he didn't you know, want to fight for his place, Mark. Well, I know that, but you cannot argue with his track record as a Premier League goal scorer. Agreed. And, you know, he he might be coming to Chelsea with, for sixty-eight million, but if it, you know, if he's going to bang in, you know, twenty twenty-five goals a season for the next seven or eight years. Um, Money well spent. Then who, who's going to argue with that? You know, no, I, I agree with that. There, there know. is a difference there where if that comes, you know, in bunches against lower, well, lower, lower half of the table teams. But and if it he, wins us the Premier League, Ross, oh, what's, well, what's no, not but, to like? 
Well, of course, that's that's the case. But what, what I'm referring to is if you know, in, in the big games, and, and and now there's there's ten big games a season with the number of competitors we have. If he doesn't make a difference enough times in in those big big games, then it won't actually make a difference. But I do agree, he he'd certainly be a, a strong candidate for twenty to twenty five goals a season. I'm I'm more more worried about his performances in the in the big 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 games. Well, he does go a bit absent like he did at Euro 16. Listen, on that point, point, we need to move on to a break, Jonathan. We need to move on to a break because we've run out of time. But, you know, remember next week we'll have loads of time to talk about transfers and there might have been a few more. Hey, for all we know, Costa might have gone and Lukaku might have arrived by next Monday. Who knows? Uh, Anyway, in uh, the after the break, we're going to look back, look at this thing called the EFL Trophy and the change kickoff days. And uh, Jonathan has got his work cut out because we've got one, two, three... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel... If you couldn't be there, and it's not on TV. Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Four cracking emails coming up. So how about that? We'll see you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge and you're listening to the first Chelsea fancast of the season that they're already calling season 2016-17 and I am joined by the lovely Ross Mooring. Hello. The fantastic Mark Worrell. Hello. And the elephant man, Diego Costa. No, Jonathan Kidd. I am not, I am not an animal, I'm a human being. 
That's probably what Costa says to the Liverpool fans when they sing, you know, Diego Costa, the Elephant Man. Uh, I would hope, in, in, in some weird part of my brain, I really hope that that's what happens, but sadly I think it probably doesn't. Right, this is a bit of a kind of strange part, as part threes are going to be this season. It's a, it's a bit of a chance for us to go a bit kind of off-piste, as it were, or, or just put in a bit of filler. But as you know, on the Chelsea fancast, it's all killer, no filler. Um, but I mean, I think, you know, because we've got no European competition this season, I shall probably, rather than putting the second game of the week into part three, we'll be doing all sorts of interesting things. We might do a few Skype phone calls with you if you're up for that. We might have a few interviews of players and people we like. All sorts of things might happen. So we're just going to busk it a bit. But the first thing that caught my eye, Jonathan, of course, leading to this before we uh, went on air tonight, lots of uh, bitterness and bitter and twisted behaviour on Twitter and, and, and Facebook and stuff. And one of the things that uh, that caught my eye was Chelsea competing in the EFL, which, of course, used to be the Johnson's Paint Trophy, uh, which, of course, is open only for League One and Two teams. But apparently, 16 Premier League Academy teams have invited. Chelsea originally turned it down uh, and then decided that they would uh, would go into it because I think the, the, the fixture schedules were an issue for them and then they changed their mind. I don't know. Anyway, we've been drawn into... Um, the Southern Group C. I love this. This looks like real kind of low, low, low quality football. Uh, and we are uh, matched with Swindon Town, Exeter City, and Oxford United. Now, do you know what the really funny thing is? I just had a random thought, and, and, and Marco will get this as well, I think. But uh, I think we wrote about it in CFC UK. But you know that kind of the nightmare scenario of uh, of, of Raymond throwing his toys out of the pram and, and bailing out on Chelsea and then we end, end as a club and then we resurface as, as Chelsea AF or AFC Chelsea and then we have to start in the Southern League Division 2 marker if you remember the article I'm talking about yeah, uh, yeah. and this is kind of where we would be I think if that happened which is really quite surreal anyway the bottom line is is that that's who we're going to be playing against in a, in a kind of league format and then it goes to knockout and then it goes to Wembley, and then uh, then for for once and for all, we'll be able to shut the Southampton fans up, who of course always sing to us uh, when we go and see them. Johnson's paint trophy, you'll never win that. Um, but basically, I think we can field something like six under twenty one players. So there you go. So I think it, it it's a real opportunity to uh, kind of instigate this whole idea of of the B team scenario, like they do in Spain, like the the Barcelona youngsters get to compete in their lower leagues. It's kind of well, a bit FA similar, I think. That's not the case, Jude. No, no, I, I, I know that's not happening, but it's, it's similar in ethos, isn't it? They're allowing them to play in this cup competition with, you know, real lower league teams against real men, one would surmise. Um, so it might be an opportunity for, for the youth to develop. Ross, you're kind of our resident uh, expert on the youth. Um, what say you, my friend? Is this a good thing for youth development? I, I think it is, and and it, um, uh, as, as I've always said, um, young players no matter how talented they are the, the ones that just step straight into first team football and and perform at, at a young age immediately just are very rare and they they don't you know loans loans are okay reserve team fixtures are okay but playing against professional footballers in the in a um you know a live match situation there there's no substitute to 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 learning how, how to play the game really and and I think uh, the club will take it quite seriously. I mean, even, even lower league teams, obviously, they won't be as talented as as, a, as our youngsters. But to to really match up with them, you have to play the the strongest players, and and that will give a good indication as to how the club sees 
um, our, our youngsters in that in that post under eighteen bracket. Um, but the other part of me, as a sort of Chelsea supporters trust um, member, is I, it's it's something that makes me quite uncomfortable. I, I mean, I know a lot of a lot of fans of, of teams at, at this at these lower levels just really don't want to see it. It's not it's not football to them to be to be um, used as sort of um, um, <clears throat> tools for um, for big Premier League sides to blood their youngsters. So I've, I've got a bit of mixed feelings with it, but at, at the same time, I can't wait to see our, our, our youngsters play play against professional football. Ross, well. where's it being played? Is it is it Kingstonian or is it at um, Stamford Bridge? Um, as far as I'm aware, at least two of the fixtures are away from home. In fact, all three may be away from home. But that's just the that's just the the league format in the, the, the group the group stage yeah yeah I I know I, I'm pretty sure Swindon is definitely away so so that that looks like a good a good little um, trip if possible I think it's really difficult isn't it chaps actually because I think I, I take your point uh, Ross I mean I, I I saw something tweeted out which which in, in some senses was you know high comedy it was from the Oxford United ultras absolutely bitching like you wouldn't believe about how awful this was and it was the end of football by letting you know the Premier League team uh, academy players or teams play in it. Um, I, you know, I see their point. I suppose. I mean, I, well, or do I? I'm not sure if I do. I mean, it's it's not like we're putting them in their league, is it? It's just a it's a it's a pointless. Uh, I think a, the point is it's kind a of a paintless even stone. trophy. <laughs> Very good. It's all right. I'm here all week. I'm here all season, in fact. It's yeah, a stepping think, stone for what? Stepping, for them? Stepping stone. Well, no, for for if if. B teams were ever going to play like in Spain, where they play all the way up to the, the second second division, then this would be the first step towards towards implementing it and mm. seeing, seeing. So you it. think it's basically the thin end of the wedge? Well, I'm not sure they, about they that. Think, they I, think it's the thin end of the wedge, like a bit uh, like us in the 39th game, for example. Yeah, I, I, who knows where it will lead? But I, I wouldn't want to be if if I was a fan of that club, I, I wouldn't want to be. Seem to be treated like a, a second mm. rate, second rate club. Just, just to play I mean, on, on the other hand, though, yeah. on the other hand, I mean, I'd be interested to hear what Jonathan and Marco think about this too. I mean, I, I, I do think it's a very good idea for us, given that it's a bit shitty to the the lower league clubs. But it's a great opportunity for the young players to play in real competitions against you know real teams, not 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 academy teams. What do you think, Jonathan? Well, the first of all, the FA guy said that um, it was a trial. And uh, they're extreme worry that he'd end up with one academy team playing another academy team in the final. He said, which would, wouldn't be allowed. They couldn't possibly do that. They'd have to work out a way of avoiding that. Um, well, uh, but I, 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 I love it personally. Why don't they just get? If they get UEFA to run it, they can make sure the teams they don't want to win it won't be in it. <laughs> they'll, they'll ban them for some spurious reason. Well, no, they'll just give them overbro as the referee. Yes, it's true. Um, I, I I thought it was. Um, I'd love to see the uh, the youth play against uh, lower league sides. I think it, for for a purely selfish reason, I just think it's it would be fantastic experience for them, and they'd be able to judge them more and better. Because um, I think uh, playing against men essentially is something that they 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 suffer from doing when they come into the first team. So, uh, I'd be I'd, I'd be up for going along and I mean number I one I'd as be, well, I agree. yeah I'd, I'd be up for a few away trips to the real St James's Park but also I think um, you know if 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 we do get any home draws I'd I'd be really up for uh, you know seeing seeing them play at Stamford Bridge I think that'd be great for them wouldn't it 
I'd love it. I, I don't know if that's the case, though. That's why I asked. I don't well, know I know. They, I don't know either. They've, they've worked it out. They haven't said where we'll be playing them because they, they, they tend to want to... Have we, we bought some Kingstonian, haven't we? What's the club we bought? We bought a club to play the youth Well, it's where Wimbledon we, we bought the stadium. We bought it, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, well, not, it, not the club itself, yeah. Not the club, that's yeah. That's a so good little stadium, that, too, and very handy mm. for you, Marco. It is indeed. We could Marco, all go I down played, to the I played we cricket could... the other day. Sorry to interrupt you. I played cricket at uh, Sutton... Sutton Cricket Club second second team square in oh. um, near Cheam and I wondered, I was, wondering if I, wondering if I, I was wondering if I bump into you Marco but I yeah. didn't Marco's manner but we could all go to the Cheam Sports and Social Club afterwards couldn't we Mark we could and drink intergalactic intergalactic <laughs> intergalactic intergalactic I, I, is, it, I, is it out of this world that, it oh, is very good very out. good that was that was Chijesque in its trite humour, Jonathan. It was. It actually I, says I, I that. Um, it actually says that on the hand pump behind the bar. Brave <laughs> <laughs> on there. So, Marco, what do you what do you think about this? Good or bad? Up for it or not up oh, for it? Uh, do you know what? I think um, it, it sort of reminds me a little bit of the and why of the full members' <laughs> cup. To be honest yeah. with you. Um, you know the fact that the fact that the likes of United, City, Arsenal, etc., have shunned it um, sort of cheapens it a little bit. Um, if it gives our kids, you know, my my view about the, the, the bloated um, nature of Chelsea's. Um, squads and development squads and all the players out on loan is, you know, I think one of the reasons why um, nobody ever gets to play for Chelsea, really, um, who, who plays for Vitesse, you know, all these loan players, they just go out and they play for other managers, play in other systems. Um, they're not playing, I hate that expression, the Chelsea way. They're not playing the way the manager at the time at Chelsea, because we have so many, wants to play football. Um, so oh, I'm all for, you know, if, if there were 11, the, the, the 11 best academy players um, were managed by Antonio Conte, let's say, and they had the opportunity to play, um, you know, professional football against professional teams in England... Um, if that could be worked, that system could be worked. I think that the development of, and graduation of those players to first team football at Chelsea would would be expedited. And if this is some weird, um, convoluted way of perhaps doing that, um, although I suspect it won't be, won't work that way, then 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 I would endorse it. You know, I mean, I. The whole structure of football in, in, in England doesn't permit um, replicating what goes on in Spain. Um, although I did read an interesting article about, you know, Barcelona's team um, and the number of players in that, that. And also, I think, the Spain team when they, when they won the World Cup that had come through that B-League system was astonishing yeah so you know it def there's definitely merits to be yeah. to be to be had there um but it but it's it's not workable in, in the not not in the current state of the, the game here isn't it so, never will be so 
I think all of that just makes it kind of a bit spurious for me. But you know, like like yourself, Chidge, you know, I'm 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 just I would be encouraged to see these kids um, given given an opportunity to you know see them play against League Two sides. But really, you know, we want to see what they can do against Premier League teams. And you know, until until Chelsea. And, it'll, and again, it will never happen because the club's too bloated. You know, you look at Southampton, what they've done over the last few years, the number of kids that they've pulled through. They've sold, I think they've sold two teams to Liverpool, haven't they? Um, only, only the bad ones. Well, but, but you know, they, they sell all the, they develop these kids. They get, in, you know, Luke Shaw's a great example. If Luke Shaw had been at Chelsea now... I don't know how old he is. Um, is he twenty? I'm not sure. Um, but he, he would not. He would not be in Chelsea's first team. He would yeah, not. Right. He would not have got himself into a position to be considered a thirty million pound player. Mm. Um, it's very interesting, actually, Mark. I've got a couple of Southampton mates down here, as you can imagine, and and one of them was saying that, uh, you know, pretty much, it wasn't. It wasn't so much that Cumin. Uh, you know, left to go and manage Everton. It was very much a case of they didn't really want him there anymore, because Cumin was making demands about buying all sorts of players. Yeah, and yeah, they, exactly. yeah. And they said, no, mate, that's not how it works down here. We brought you in to bring in these youth players and develop them and make them into Premier League players. You're not, you're not coming in here to go and buy five or six players for thirty million quid a pop. So if if you don't like that, you might as well go to Everton, and that's what happened. Yeah, that's very. And interesting. I think that gets back to. So that, that kind of loops back quite nicely to what we were talking about at the at the top of the show with um, you know ju- just this fact that we and, and every manager says it and we just like lap it all up and it's all bollocks because basically Roman Abramovich will con- constantly put money on the table because the desire to win silverware transcends um, taking any kind of risk um, with with kids and it blows up in his face every now and again spectacularly so last season throw the baby out with the bathwater in this case it was Mourinho um, let's start all again bang get the money out bring Kante in so immediately signing Kante blows out of the water um, you know any designs that you know any ideas people had that you know Loftus, you know these, you know, all of this stuff. These players were going to play um, in the middle of the park. Traore, yeah, looked good last season. Scored a few goals. Buy Lukaku back. I mean, I'm just looking at something now. Seventy-five million. They're, they're yeah. talking about doing that deal for. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And, but does it matter? Know, it's not your money, it, not my money. It, well it, well, it is, but I think, you know, we just need a big reality check. And I think if, if we just, you know, always play the kids and we all fall for it. And, oh, look at the kids. They're great. And, and it's just so sad because it's just never going to happen. But it, no, Mark, I, if you look at it, look, Man, Man City did exactly the same thing, didn't they? They've got to the final of the, of the youth cup. They're very similar, and yet Man City have now bought how many players have they bought? S- six more, all That's over thirty, all over thirty million. 
So none, so none of their kids will ever get into the first team. I've got that kid, Iconaccio, who's sort of Traore-like in the Oh, fact. he's the centre-forward, isn't he? He's the only yeah, one. Yeah, he's Traore-like. You know, he had a few games last season, yeah. um, rippled the net a few times. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're in there spending money. Um, look at look at Man United, Mourinho, immediately. You know, there's two or three kids there that were, were getting game time last season and they were on his list of nine that, you know, off, off you go, see ya. Um, yeah. yeah. Absolutely right, but if but if they win, if they win, they come first and second. But, but that's, that's all it. anybody. That's all anybody cares about. And that's and that's absolutely right. And last season, when it all went ticks up for Mourinho, and everybody's clamouring, play the kids, come on, Gus, play the kids, and he plays the kids, and you know it was a bit hit and miss, but people were happy just to see the kids. I don't then, think he really. I don't think he really did though much at the end of the well, day. Handful hand of times, really. One thing he did do was he played the terrible Baba left back. Who, let's be honest, we we gave him a lot of encouragement that Baba, didn't we? We kept saying, "Well, give him a chance, give him a chance." He was terrible. Well, he's now off to Schalke, so and he's off at Schalke. Yeah, yeah. thank goodness for that. Oh. God. All right, Jonathan, I'm going to ask you a professional question here. <laughs> How long will it take you to read those four emails? Uh, about a minute if I read them very quickly. No, no, I don't want the Channel 4 <laughs> F1 advert pace. I've been listening to your brilliant podcast for a few minutes. I've written a few emails. Kind of well, I'll tell cheers. you what, because I just want to I just want to very, very quickly ask what, what the guys think about the... You know, obviously, this year is a bit of a landmark uh, season for the Premier League because it's the year that uh, basically the league has been bought hook, line and sinker by Sky TV and BT Sports in the biggest TV deal for football ever done I think um, and I and, and I think this is there's, 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 there's mission creep here to use another military analogy um, and I think it's quite insidious because we, we're all aware and I think as Ross will know it's something on the supporters trust that we get very irate about as to the membership about the last minute changes to kick off times which suddenly see a Saturday 3 o'clock game against Sunderland away being moved to Monday night at 8 o'clock when there are no trains and all that kind of stuff but it seems to me it's getting worse because uh, we now also have Friday evening kickoffs as well as yeah. the plethora of TV scheduled games at Saturday and Sunday and of course Monday night and you know is it a good thing or are they all taking the piss Ross I'm going to ask you first uh, well, they they definitely do take the piss. The the way they disregard their own rules about the the time in advance to to reschedule fixtures. I mean, fans just get, you know, it's expensive enough going to the football without having to to rebuy train tickets and and potentially hotels as well. well what, what about a Friday night kickoff specifically, Ross? Yeah, what, I don't. What do you think I, about that? I mean, that? it's it's no worse than a Sunday night kickoff. I, and and I think a lot of people, you know, especially get games like Newcastle away, people use it as a as a as a Another excuse for a good jolly up there, which is which is fantastic. But why I, I, I don't I don't think it's any worse than a than a than a Sunday night game as long as they as long as they reschedule them, um, you know, two months in mm. advance. Marco, what 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 say you? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. That's all right. Uh, oh. you're allowed, you're, you know, it's a long show, Marco. We're we're allowed the odd lapse I, in I, concentration. I I was looking down the corridor to see if Misty had actually gone to bed because somebody had just tweet, tweeted about they'd just tuned into the fancaster to hear Misty saying we were going to win the league. <laughs> well, there we go. Can I, can I just add in that? Actually, yeah, of course, I Ross. don't think the, the sort of the Friday night um, and Sunday night games um, should 
should be allowed to include sort of Southampton at Sunderland and, and those sort of fixtures yeah. where it's just literally impossible to even well, the make scouts have got to come down and see us on a Friday yeah, but, night but you know yeah well that's, yeah I mean it's it's that's that's the the nature of the beast but I think there are certain journeys that are just that are just too much and should never be included in those sorts of really difficult um, travel times well here's the thing Mark, Mark, Bar Mark Barfoot sorry mate Mark Barfoot's just uh, put on Mixler um yeah, Southampton and Manchester for a Friday night only goes to show that as fans we're just wallpaper and sound effects now, which is true. But here's the thing: if if the Premier League really valued the fact that we were just sound effects and wallpaper, then they wouldn't make it so bloody difficult for us to go, and they would recognise how important we are to the product which is now Premier League football. It's just they're just cutting their nose off to spite their face. Anyway, Jonathan, you were you were about to say something. Sorry, I cut over. Well, the dilemma is they invest so much money into it that they can do what they want, um, um, and the clubs accept that. But uh, for its fans, who then get pushed out, as always. Personally, I find um, Fridays and Mondays are just um, uh, I forget to watch because I, I don't think they're proper football days. For me, so I've, I've coped with Saturday. I've coped with Sundays. I think I quite like a Sunday afternoon. It's nice to to be able to watch a game, but Monday evening, I've got other things to do. Same with Friday evening, and I, I wonder what the ratings are for Fridays and Mondays, and whether they hang on, whether they persist with it, because I'm not convinced that they'll they'll uh, they get very good um, viewing figures for Friday and Monday. I think sadly what you're really saying chaps is there's not a lot we can do uh, they do take the piss and they do own football hook line and sinker but I mean I know for a fact that at the supporters trust we try very hard to uh, get dialogue with the Premier League certainly to make the point you know make that point that it that we do matter that we are important stop making our lives so bloody difficult um, Jonathan yes it's time for the emails right I'll do it as the elephant man no, please just do it. As, can you just do it as Jonathan Kidd? I am the elephant man. I, yes. <laughs> um, dear Chelsea Fancast, email number one. I've been a listener of your brilliant podcast for a few years now. That's I've written how you a get few an email emails. in. You see, you just you have you start with that, and then you get an email in automatically, don't you, Jonathan? Of course. I've written a few emails which have kindly been read. Cheers, and bought a shirt. That's good to know, anyway. Anyway, I was born in England, but have since moved to Australia, and I'm going back to visit England for three weeks over the time that Chelsea play Liverpool at Stamford Bridge. I thought we might have been at a different venue by then or building another stadium. Anyway, I've been trying to buy tickets for the game, but they're all sold out. The only option to go to the game would be sitting and watching it in a very expensive box. Not only expensive, but I'd rather sit with the Chelsea fans, sing chants and watch it from the stands, sitting next to fellow supporters. It would be my first time going to a football match and I was wondering and hoping if you might know anyone or just have any contacts or a possibility of getting any tickets for me, please. I'd need two, for, uh, two one for my dad, another for myself. I'm only 13 and obviously would buy the tickets. No worries if this is an impossible request, but you're a great bunch of people and I figured it's worth a try. Up the Chelsea and thanks very much for everything. From Blake. Well, that's in that's a good email. Um, well, for a start, I don't think well, they they can't be sold out yet because I wouldn't imagine that the tickets will be on sale yet for Liverpool. No, um, but may, maybe wherever he's tried to get them from, he's just not getting anywhere. Uh, I mean, the simplest thing is Blake. If you're listening, is just for God's sake, keep in touch with us. And anybody who's listening on Mixler, you know, if this lad, uh, if if this lad 
and his dad would like a ticket, I'm sure we can try and help. Uh, we can't promise, but we'll do our best to help you out. So, Blake, you know how to get a hold of me. Keep in touch, and I'll keep asking uh, the people that we know and love and see if we can help you out. But they're not on the Liverpool tickets are not on sale yet. They'll be on sale, I would have thought, in the middle of August. And uh, next, next week. Also, um, and also the the uh, you, you wouldn't just be sitting in a very expensive box as an option because you can, if you are forced to buy hospitality tickets, um, they're available all the way up until the game and they're much cheaper than you think. Yeah, um, no, we, can probably, we can probably find him a probably, couple of tickets. We can find him a couple, but I'm just saying if he really gets stuck, you don't have to sit in a box. I don't know where he's got that idea from. Yeah, and and also, if you find someone, uh, depending upon how many tickets he wants, if you find uh, a season ticket holder or know of someone, they they can always check the ticket, the official ticket exchange, which uh, yeah. has yeah. singles on all the time. Yeah, good point. All right, next email. Uh, email number two. Hi, Chidge and the gang. Finally got to write and thank Great you. Great name for, all... for a band, that isn't it? Chidge and the gang. Is that a bit like the gang and Chidge? Too much cool in the gang, though, Chidge. That's the one. We're. Uh... <laughs> It's a it's a fancastation. <laughs> Finally got to write and thank you for all of what you do on the fancast. I think I'm probably one of the relatively silent group that doesn't get a chance to join the Mixler group or get in touch enough as I'm in Dubai and times don't work out. It's been a hell of a season, but us fans have stood firm. I've watched every game from here and hold my head up high with when Europeans, Arabs, Indians here smile and ask, ask me how much I enjoyed this season. Nothing changes, win or lose, up the blues. Like many, I was there in the dark days of the 80s, lived in Wilsdon, so could go, could go along a lot. So it's a familiar bollocks feeling, but one that we hope won't last long. Your fan cast helps me through the dark days and makes sense of some of the madness, and like many, we appreciate the time you put into it. Drop me a line if you find yourself in Dubai. We'll definitely buy you a pint or two and fix you a hotel room too in one of our fancy hotels. Cheers, Stefan Bregg. Another excellent email. Thank you for that, Stefan. All I would say is this, is that I have been to Dubai and uh, it's a great place and there's actually some brilliant, brilliant Chelsea people in there. Usually, uh, I haven't seen her in here tonight, but she might well be, but Diana... Well, Diane is 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 uh, usually in the Mixler chat room, but Yusuf and Sammy, um, Fons, there's some brilliant, brilliant people who are in the Chelsea Dubai supporters group. And if anybody goes out to Dubai for a bit of R and R, and there's a Chelsea match on, um, go and find them. They usually they usually drink in a bar called Loka, which is is the Dubai uh, Dubai Marine Beach Resort, I think. It's a cracking place. But if I go over there again, Stefan, I shall certainly look you up. Next. Uh, email number three. Hi, Chidge. I'm a very loyal Chelsea fan and fan cast listener here in Chicago. And like, our, and like our captain leader legend, I'm delighted he's signed for another year. I can think of nobody better to discuss this major development than you and the guys. And I'm asking him if you please consider one additional pod, even if shorter than normal. You could also discuss Conte's acquittal and the Nike deal. I know you're busy and putting together the show is a bit of work, but I also know that your fans would love to hear your considered opinion on this surprising and wonderful news. Sincerely, sincerely Michael Monison. Yeah, that was that was sent just after we, we we wrapped up for the season, but I thought I'd put it in just so I could say to Michael, I'm really sorry that we didn't do an additional pod, but when I say we finished for the season, I mean we finished for the season, and I go and have a break. Which you were spent, Chidge. Made... You were spent. I was. You were spent force. I was a spent force, but I, I also have to consider getting a bit of R&R &R over the summer away from football, which usually means 
drinking heavily at Lords and bumping into chums like Jonathan and Dan and so on and so forth. Right, last email. Uh, evening all. I've been wanting to say this all season. Thank goodness it's over. While our implosion was definitely not expected, there is a silver lining, and that is Tottenham didn't win the league. Although, <laughs> although they were not at our best this year, neither were United, Arsenal, City or Liverpool. I do have a feel that as we won't have any European football next season, we'll be stronger and hopefully come May next year be in the hunt for the Premier League title. I can only hope we give some of the youth a chance next season, but at the same time, we still need to strengthen and recreate the spine and culture of our team again. We lack the fight and pride for most of this season that have stood us well for at least the last decade, and somehow we need to find that passion again. I thank all of you for another great season of the Fancast. I look forward to a new and better season. Have a cracking summer, forever a blue. Keep the blue flag flying high. Procky, Sean Proctor, at Proc CFC. Marvellous, thank you, Sean. And I think we can safely say that we we had a, we've had a good summer, haven't we, boys? Actually, I didn't really I didn't really ask any of you that. Have we all summered well? I'm still summering well, Chidge. You are, Marco. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you've been spending your summer mainly drinking intergalactic and team sports and social club. And, and the rest of the time at Chessington World of Adventures with Misty. Oh, oh fantastic. <laughs> who's, who's now tall enough to go on all the roller coasters. Which... Wonderful. <laughs> what, a, what a life you have, Marco. I, I, I envy your life. I really do. Intergalactic lagers, I tell you. Yeah, lovely stuff. And uh, Ross, have you summered well? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to ask Marco if, um, if Misty was disappointed when we sold Amira's. Amira's! <laughs> Amira's! Amira's! I don't know who her favourite player is at the moment. She's um, she's been playing a lot of tennis this summer. Has she? Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. All right, now uh, it's time for another break, and uh, after which uh, we're going to have the usual roundup of Chelsea supporters news, and uh, we'll see you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And I've got the uh, wonderful uh, trio of Jonathan Kidd, Mark Worrell, and Ross Mooring in the house with me tonight. Great to have them all back. <coughs> Lovely. Good evening. Uh, Sound effects from Jonathan Kidd there. Now, we've got loads and loads of stuff to plug out, so bear with me. What I might do is I think I'll, we'll take it in turns, Jonathan. I'll read the first one and we'll we'll do it like that, all right? I'll read the pet. Otherwise, they'll get bored of just my voice or bored of just yours. Yes. Uh, but the first one is very, very important. Uh, coming very, very soon, uh, we will be inviting you lot out there to challenge the Brains Trust of the Chelsea Fancast in a new fancy football game from some lovely people called FanDuel. Now, it's going to be launching in the first weekend of the new season. Uh, there'll be money and prizes at stake. Uh, and there's a new game every weekend. So it's not like you pick one team for the whole season and la 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 la. You basically just play the game for the weekend and then you rip it up and you start again. So it's great fun. Uh, we'll also be talking about how, how we've done, because uh, all the boys have been invited to play. So we'll be playing against each other as well as hopefully playing against you lot out there if you sign up. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about it on the show, how we've done and how we've done against you each week, which will be great fun because, you know, 
Um, I know you're just amateurs and we're experts, but it, it should create quite a lot of fun, I think, uh, having the piss ripped out of each other, uh, particularly when I fail dismally, as I usually do in these things. Uh, one of the other great things about the app um, is that... that uh, the points, um, you know, they've kind of got a whole list of, of how you get points, scoring goals, you know, kicking somebody in the nuts or whatever. Uh, Fabregas but, tackles. Yeah, Fabregas tackles. All of those kind of things update live as they're playing because it's all linked to Optus stats. So you can, you know, if, if you're not at the game, you could be watching the game and your app on your phone, seeing how many points you're accumulating, which I think is quite good. So there we go. So anyway, keep listening over the next it couple is, of weeks. I, I just wanted to add, Chidge, it's... Uh... FanDuel are, are one of the leaders in um, American it's daily fantasy sports, which is absolutely taken off there. It's already like a multi-billion dollar sort of enterprise. Um, it's basically a mix between uh, gambling on the games and playing fantasy Premier League every yeah, week. So that's it, right. It, I mean, mo- it really mon- is going to take yeah. off. Money is involved. I mean, you you stake money on on this and stuff. It's it, against so against of... your friends and and yeah. you know it's not it's not just uh, it's not just betting against um, the company itself. No, it's good. There's lots of stuff, and we will keep you more informed about that, and I'll let you know uh, next show, I think, or the one after that, and how you sign up and play it. Uh, what I have to say is, sadly, it is not uh, available for listeners outside of the UK. I'm afraid it's just for us lot over here. Um, I can't do anything about that, I'm afraid, but there you go. Jonathan, classic shirts? Yes, Chelsea Fancast and classic football shirts have come together to offer all football fans around the world a fantastic opportunity to win a £50 voucher from classic football shirts. I've had to repeat it because it's written down there. Uh, Chidge, can I just um, stop for a second? Can you, uh, we, it, you know, we should rewrite this ad for them because it's bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> Guess what I have to say next. Classic Bollock. football shirts? Classic football shirts, yeah. Is that, is that classic? Is that sorry, John? Is that classic football shirts? Funnily enough, it, it, Chidge, it's it's classic, classic football, football shirts. shirts. Yeah, yeah. And guess what the football shirts are, Chidge? I've no idea. Tell me. Classic. Oh right, of course they would be, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. Classic <laughs> football shirts stock a huge range of original football kits. I'm not surprised because they're called classic football shirts <laughs> from all over the world. Leading brands such as. Adidas, Nike, Puma, Asics, Kappa, Lotto and Joma, to name just a few. Name nearly all of them. Whether it be new products with the tags still on, rare player issue items or pre-owned classic shirts. Cla- the well, classic shirts? Yeah, yeah, classic classic football shirts. Right. The site the site has something for any football fan. Do they, with... do they, I, wonder if they, I wonder if they offer soiled shirts. Uh, yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? It would be genuine. Soiled shorts. Do they yes. offer classic football shorts? Well, only soiled. I, I haven't found them yet in the in the, uh, the in the ad. Um, with kits dating back, classic football kits dating back to the nineteen. Well, they do. They're saying kits, so there must be shorts. Yeah, with kits dating back to the nineteen seventies, right through to this season's collections, you'll find it hard not to reminisce about the fond memories from yesteryear. <laughs> <laughs> This competition is open to entrances from all over the world. I'm sorry, I think they've read, done that. Open Have to they? entrances. They've written that badly. The competition is open to entrances from all over the world. I'm sorry, what does that mean? Entrances. Entrance. It's door entrance. Fr- entrance. Entrance, yeah. it should be, absolutely. But they put entrances, so there'll be door frames applying. Um, the, this competition is open to entrances from all over the world. So whether you live in Kensington or Kenya, nice or even Kensington in Kenya, 
Yeah, indeed. Yeah. You still have a great chance to win this fantastic prize. It couldn't be simpler to enter. All you have to do is answer the simple question. Drum roll. Okay. How many times have Chelsea lifted the Premier League title? I repeat, how many times have Chelsea lifted the Premier League title? We'll put the link up on Twitter and Facebook, and if you're listening on Acast, you'll see the link on the player. It's that simple, capital S. The competition closes at midnight on the 31st of August 2016, and the winner will be announced soon after. The winner will receive an email from Classic Football Shirts to organise the prize. As a thank you for entering, all participants will also receive an exclusive discount to use at Classic Football Shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, Jonathan. Oh, how we've missed you. I have to say that was a classic um, I, I've competition. Got, I've got a quick question. It might be that I'm simple and it's not the question, but when they say lift the Premier League trophy, do they mean the, the Premier League trophy or how many how many How many times have Chelsea, have Chelsea lifted the Premier League title? So not including the, the first time we ever did it in history. No, it's quite obvious. How many times have Chelsea lifted the Premier League? league title because nice. classic football shirts obviously classically don't realize that football existed before two th uh, before uh, 1992 okay okay now it's the premier league title so forget the the one the one league trophy we won before that which makes it a bit simple anyway this is a very important that's well read jonathan that was highly amusing i really do think we should do them a favor and we shall rewrite that to make it sound like english for next week what do you think Please, could be possibly. Yes, I know. I didn't proofread that. I didn't realise what a load of garbage that was before I put it in the script. I just cop, cop, copied and pasted, mate. It's allowed. It is allowed, but I shall, we shall rewrite and give them the benefit of our wonderful talents at script writing for next week. Right. Uh, next up, uh, this is a cracker. Uh, the Peter Osgood Memorial. I got an email from the lovely Councillor Ed Wilson, who uh, Mark Barfoot will remember because... He emailed Mark a while ago too, and Mark put him in touch with me, and then he disappeared. And then suddenly, a couple of weeks ago, he said, "Ah, right, the Windsor and Royal Borough Museum, at the request of Councillor Ed Wilson, has put a small display together commemorating the life of the footballer Peter Osgood. Uh, the exhibition, based at Debworth Library on Smiths Lane, will officially open on Saturday, the 13th of August at midday." with light refreshments being served in the community room from 11.30am. The mayor will be in attendance, and, of course, we would be very happy for you all to attend too. So, um, there we go. I mean, what a wonderful idea, chaps, that finally uh, Ozzy's being recognised in his hometown of Windsor. Marco, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, fantastic tribute. My, uh, my old man spent the last few years of his life living in Windsor, so, yeah. There we go. Well, as I said, sadly, I should be at the, tr the Trust AGM, so I can't go. But uh, I I'll, I'll get in touch with Ed and find out if there's a permanent display there as well, which yeah. I think may be the case. All right. Uh, Jonathan, would you like to read the next one? Yes. Um, oh, before you do, Mark. Um, sorry, uh, Jonathan. Mark Barfoot has just said, is Marco spaced out on that intergalactic lager? <laughs> no, no, no. Distracted by a daughter. We, 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 refusing to go to sleep <laughs> oh dear right okay enough from daddy daycare um jonathan palpable discord a year of drama and dissent at chelsea 
Clayton Beerman, our very own Clayton Beerman, mm. has been going to watch Chelsea for almost 50 years. During this time, he's witnessed firsthand the Blues' remarkable journey from being kings of the King's Road to relegated near bankrupts and then title winners and champions of Europe. It's fair to say that Clayton thought he'd seen it all, but he hadn't. When folk hero Jose Mourinho returned to Stamford Bridge in 2013 and guided Chelsea to the Premier League crown two years later, it seemed that the special one was set for further triumphs. What could possibly go wrong? Well, almost everything, really. Palpable discord, a year of drama and dissent at Chelsea, is Clayton's heartfelt account of the Blues' calamitous 2015-2016 campaign. Relive in real time the crumbling of supporter hopes and expectations as Mourinho's world comes crashing down. Of course, a new dawn rises, as it always does. Another grand episode in the greatest soap opera on planet football. Palpable discord is essential reading, not just for followers of Chelsea, but fans of any club who ride the emotional roller coaster that is the glorious game. Available from Amazon and gate17.co.uk for £6.95. Cheap at half the price. Um, I do believe, Mark Worrell, that you wrote that. I, I did. I do write good PR, tonight for the books that I publish. And it, and yeah. it is a very it's proving quite popular. Is can, it? Can, yeah. And I, I don't, can I also give a plug to um, Caroline Wood's uh, book? Absolutely. Ryan, yeah, no, Caroline, I mean, Clayton's book's pretty much as, as described there. Um, Caroline Wood, who if people don't know, she's CFC Pinky. She's the lady that's been following Chelsea for years and turns up in pink, uh, uh, and pink and blue a lot of games. But she's a street poet um, in her spare time. And she's She wrote a poem after every Chelsea game last season. Um, so we compiled that into a collection, and, and um, it's, it's quite remarkable and a completely different take on uh, football. And I think that's six ninety-five as well. And it, rhyme and treason. It's okay, cool. that's yeah. Go and get that. I've got a poem that I've just thought of now. Shall I read it out? It kind go of on. summarizes the last season and what's happened since. Jose was blue. Now he's a red. If he wins the league, he'll be better off dead. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> Even if I do say so, so myself. It's a bit what? violent, a bit violent, Chidge, don't you think? I think that's brilliant. I just came up with that in the spur of the moment. Um, on, on the other point, on, on Clayton's fan... Oh, yeah, what's her Twitter feed, Marco? Bonnie Rig Blues asked. Do you know? Who? Uh, Carol. Uh, I think it's at CFC Pinky. CFC Pinky, I think. How do you spell um, P-I- P-I-N-K-Y. P-I-N-K-Y, not I-E, yeah? Yeah. yeah. All right, um, just a note on Clayton's book. Um, yes, I, I haven't read it yet. Um, I'm hoping that Clayton will bring me a free copy, signed, of course. Uh, but he is on the show next week, people. Clayton is on the show, so no doubt we can talk to him all about that. And I, I will try and get him to uh, to do a signed copy as a, as, a, as a competition prize or something like that. Um, <laughs> you got you got loads of them, have you, Marco? Oh, no, I know he's got he's got some copies of it. Um, Has he? Yeah, I think he's on All holiday right. at the moment. It, yeah, he's but he's he's back. Well, I mean, I don't know where he is, but he's on the show next week, so uh, we'll is get him it? to talk about it then. Can't wait. Um, 
is it my turn, Jonathan? It is, isn't it? Right, CFC UK. The first issue of the new season will be out in time for the first game, which is West Ham at home on Monday the 15th of August. Uh, as always, from the CFC UK store, manned by Marco himself. Marco, what is the news, the latest news on Chelsea's most famous trader stall? Uh, I think it's just business as usual. So yeah. we will be in the same location at the same times, although on a Friday. Good God. Yeah. Um, don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, well, that was my point earlier on. I think it's a bit of a shambles, mate. And as always, Mark, you love you love to meet people at the store, don't you? I do. I do. We we get people from all over the world. Um, you, I think it's actually I think Stuart Kinner actually created um, a page for the CFC yeah. UK stall on Facebook. Mm. I think he's even linked up on Google Maps now. So because um, we always get people saying, "Where is the CFC UK stall?" I, I think I think I did the Google Maps thing a few years ago. Oh, really? yeah, yeah, I know Stuart set. I know Stuart set up the page. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, thanks for that, Ross. Yes, indeed, you did. You did. You did. So, yeah, same place across the road from the main entrance to Fulham Broadway Station. Um, we'll be there with the fanzine. And of course, and it's still break- only a pound for the coming season. Only a pound, plus lots, lots of the latest books that you've published, plus a few T-shirts uh, that, that that you've got yeah, there. Yeah, the usual stuff, the usual bits and pieces, and banter, which is always and banter, good. absolutely. And well, I'm I'm, I'm in the market. Shirts. Yeah, yeah, classic, uh, classic designer, Chelsea T-shirts. I'm in I'm in the market for one of those shed ones. Have you got any left? We'll have to have a look. What's in the lockup? Yeah. Uh, extra, extra large, of course. Uh, anyway, although I'm on a diet apparently, but that's another story. Now, if you can't get your, uh, if you can't get to the stall that we've just described, you can always get the fanzine digitally uh, by su- subscribing even online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the US of A, you can follow the Twitter account at cfcukusa. And if anyone is interested in getting a uh, hard copy, of course, all copies of the CFC UK are hard as are the people that write for it. Um, and I, don't, I, I mean in a physical sense, not a sexual sense, although some of the articles might make you that way if they're that good. Who knows? Anyway, if you want a hard copy of CFC UK, contact... Uh, dig that hole. Dig that hole. Well, you know. Oh, I'm, you, I, love, you, I love that. That was a classic football joke. That was a classic Chelsea fan cast. Anyway, contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at dlundberg underscore... Uh, right, uh, Jonathan, would you like to tell everybody about the Supporters Trust? Number six, Chelsea Supporters Trust. Join the trust and get your voice heard by the club. Five pounds it costs to become a voting member, or it's free for non-voting members, though I can't see why you wouldn't want to vote. Sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com so you can attend the meetings, come to the events and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. You can follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. Now, the next working party, do you want to do this one? It's the Graves one, Chidge. you want to do this oh, one? Oh, if no, you want. I'm, I'm happy for you to continue, me, if you like. You, yeah, yeah. Um, I always um, uh, retweet this because I think it's, this is really uh, a very positive thing to do at the, uh, the cemetery, which is a wonderful cemetery. Um, the next working party to tidy up Chelsea Graves at Brompton Cemetery is at 11 o'clock on Saturday the 6th of August. As before, we'll be meeting at the Fulham Road gates. Both the previous sessions have been productive and enjoyable, so if you're free, why not come along? Tools, gloves and a fine selection of biscuits 
are provided. Well, there's a perfect reason to go, isn't there? And of course, everybody is a Chelsea fan. That's what's so good. Um, the 2016 uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust AGM will take place in the Attenborough Suite in the Copthorne Hotel at Stamford Bridge. That is the same location as last season at two o'clock on Saturday, the 13th of August. Teas, coffees and light refreshments will be provided. The meeting will end by four. The results of the membership survey will be available at the, at the meeting. And if you can't get there, Chelsea Fancast will be broadcasting it live on Mixler, Chidge, because you will. I will. Uh, also on that point, um, there, I believe, will be a quiz afterwards, like there was last year, uh, the Chelsea Supporters Trust quiz, which, of course, who, who, who won that, Ross? I, I believe that was uh, Martin Wickham and some other guy. Yeah, Dan Silver and me, thank you very much. The Chelsea Fancast <laughs> team, you cheeky monkey. Um, of course, all of this means, sadly, that the trophy, which I will take a picture of, because it's on my cupboard in my office, uh, will have to be uh, taken back to Stamford Bridge and <laughs> we'll just have to win it again. So hopefully uh, both Mark and uh, Mark Martin and uh, Dan will be on my team and I can take all the glory like I did last year. Um, but that, what quiz was it? Well, we just had a quiz. Dan Levine and Ross set the questions. And, uh, quiz or what? Quiz or what? Well, it was a quiz on Chelsea. Oh, Duh. It was a very, it was a very tough one. Dan came up with some some nasty questions. Yeah, but we 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 murdered everybody else. The Chelsea fancast team was triumphant. Uber Allers. Uh, Martin. The, <coughs> Martin answered one or two questions. I grant you, uh, I won. I've gone none right, but that's beside the point. Anyway, uh, moving along. Uh, the other effort, thing is, team effort. Is, yeah, team effort. Absolutely. Jonathan very rightly points out that very important this cleaning up the uh, Brompton Cemetery that we that the trust organises this and. Please go along. If you've got some spare time on uh, sat this Saturday morning, go go and I mean, there's some great Chelsea mates, and I know that they say there's lovely biscuits. I'm sure a few of them go for a few beers as well. But uh, the the mission is to to tidy up uh, the graves associated with Chelsea. So that's former players, uh, former directors like uh, Gus Mears' grave is there. A few of the Chelsea pensioners as well. It's it's a it's a good laugh. Sadly, I can't go because I'm otherwise engaged. But uh, because uh, it's my birthday on Friday, so I'm off doing things related to that. Um, but it's a good a good morning out, so give a hand if you can. Uh, right, final, final, I think it's the final plug. Yes, hooray, it's the final plug. We can all go home soon. Right, CPO, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim it is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge no matter what. Uh, now, to find out how to buy a share for around 100 quid, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and, of course, follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. And now it's time to say goodbye. Uh, brilliant. Uh, so, two weeks and counting until it all kicks off again against West Ham. Uh, personally, I can't wait to see the unfolding of yet another era at Chelsea. And uh, uh, next week, we'll be back, or more specifically, myself, Jonathan, Dan Silva. Oh, I lied about Clayton earlier on. He's not on next week. I think Clayton's on the week after next, people. So we can talk about his book then. Uh, but next week is Jonathan, Dan Silva and Dan Levine, also known as Bamba Levine. And uh, he'll be talking more pre-season next Monday, live on Mixler at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, Dan will no doubt be telling us all about his trip to Chicago and what happened after he drank all of those shots and pints. 
when he saw Chelsea play Real Madrid. And Dan, of course, Dan Levine will hopefully give us his insight into Chelsea's transfer dealings because he knows more about them than me. Now, uh, do not forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Ross at Ross Mooring, Marco at Gate17Marco, and of course, check out the website ChelseaFancast.com. I aim to do a lot more writing on it this year, so please go and see it because the more people that look, the more money I make. No, that's not true. I've never made a cent out of it, actually. But that's because I never write anything on there. Anyway, if you haven't done so already, make sure you download the Acast app to listen to the podcast or just search for it at www.acast.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Right, uh, guys, it's brilliant. We're back. I, I, I'm so glad that we're back, Ross. It's great to hear you again. Yeah, yeah, I think this was a classic football Was it a classic show? show? I think you could... Classic lineup, classic show. Marco, great to have you in the house again, mate. Cheers, buddy. Good to be back. And I shall see you on the 11th for a bit of uh, a bit of Chelsea dialogue and country beer. No intergalactic lager down on these parts, mate. Good. Look forward to it, mate. Yeah, all right. I'll be in touch before then. We'll sort it out. Jonathan, brilliant as always to, to have you here, my dear boy. Again, my, my right and left hand, hand man doing what you do best. It's been very good fun. And I forgot to say I'm wearing a, a classic Chelsea shirt at this moment, actually. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic I'm, stuff. I'm wearing my, uh, I'm wearing my, um, my Hullet, Hullet era shirt with with Coors written on the front. Coors, yeah. Coors, no, very Coors. Coors, Coors. On that note, we got to go. Many thanks to my fantastic guest this week. It's great to be back. Great to have them back. Great to have you, lovely people, in Mixler back. Boy, have we missed you this summer, and uh, we'll see some of you hopefully very soon a game and in the pub before the game and after the game thank you for listening see you next time until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chels up the chills It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.